Hey everyone, this is Jason from Cornerstone Dog Training and CornerstonePuppy.com and we're going to do a two-part podcast. The first part here is on anxiety, separation anxiety and how to avoid it and the next podcast coming in a week or so will be on how to fix separation anxiety. We get a lot of questions about this. Um, not so much uh, from a puppy standpoint. I mean, the how to avoid it is the puppy end of it. The how to fix it is usually later on in the process. And that's actually our background. So I don't know if you've listened to other podcasts and earlier podcasts, but we started as trainers who work to fix separation anxiety and aggression and hyperactivity. And we just saw that there was such a need to help people avoid these problems before they ever started. And so we developed a puppy program that would do just that. Not just, hey, teach your puppy this, or hey, teach your puppy this. Hey, here's some things you're going to want to avoid to uh, avoid this behavioral issue in the first place or to fix this problem before it ever starts. So to have a puppy program that's not just based on training but also on behavior to avoid these problems that we fix later on. You might be like, well, that's going to make it so you don't make as much money solving those problems. There's plenty of dogs out there and there's plenty of people that go through so much. Maybe you're one of them that, boy, if that, that could be our life calling and we work ourselves out of a job, great. That would be awesome. We'll go do something else and we'll have a lot happier people and dogs around. So separation anxiety is definitely one that is big in the dog world. Dogs tend to get attached which is one of the reasons we love them. We get attached to them as well. And so understanding separation anxiety and how to avoid it as well as how to fix it will be this podcast and the next podcast. So let's talk about how to avoid separation anxiety in the first place. Um, As I started thinking about this topic, I started thinking about my own anxieties. And right now I am remembering a long time ago. In fact, it's almost exactly 20 years ago now. I know that because I'm getting ready and helping with the 20-year reunion of my high school graduating class. So that'll date me a bit. But uh, my high school graduating class, coming up on that reunion, the the big one, the big 2-0, and I'm I'm part of planning that. And so there's, you know, it's been kind of fun, actually. It's been interesting to, uh, to, to get back with people and to connect with them and I don't want this to sound wrong, but people I haven't probably, not, not only have I not talked to them, but in, in many cases, I haven't even thought of them in probably about 20 years. And it's so crazy how consumed we can be in, in high school and like this is the world and this is life. And I remember the moment that hit me. And uh, this is my, my anxiety-inducing moment here. I remember, you know, graduation week was so awesome and things were going so good and graduated from high school and wondering what the life's going to bring and things like that. But it didn't, I was so busy and so involved that it didn't really hit me until like the next morning. And we'd had like, we'd had graduation, we did like a big graduation party and it was at our school and we'd we had planned things and we had vendors coming in. We had food, we had pizza like all night and it was called the senior all night party. Um, the whole purpose and point really is to give something for seniors to do so they don't do stupid things 
and ruin their life the day they graduate from high school. And so we'd done this party and it was so much fun. And again, I was so involved that I was there and it was probably like 6 a.m. in the morning or something like that. And I remember walking out of the school and going to the parking lot with all the people. I was one of the last few people there cleaning up and things like that and walking out and opening the big doors that I walked out so many times to go to the parking lot and to head home at like 6 a.m. in the morning, and there were three cars in the parking lot. And one of those three cars was mine. All the rest was just empty. It was just a desert. There was no cars there, nobody there. Of course, all the seniors had gone home and gone to sleep because they'd been up all night partying and uh, and having fun and <laughs> eating a whole lot of pizza. And there it was. And I kind of stood at the top of the steps. Uh, There's a whole bunch of cement steps that went down into the parking lot. And I stood there and I was like, oh man, it, it, it's over. And all these people that I've been partying with all that night and had graduation with all that day and had spent week in and week out for years together, passing each other in the hallways, I, it hit me and I finally realized I will probably never see most of those people ever again. There, there's a good chance, I, I, you know, there's at least going to be a handful I'm never going to see again. And you would hope like at a reunion, you know, that maybe we can all get back together and we're going we're gonna to see each other. And we're going to be friends forever. And it's so crazy how life happens. And, you know, some of your close friends, of course, yeah, you, you've seen them and you, you've done things with them and your families have grown up together. But I would say a good 90% plus, man, I, I, I haven't talked to or seen in pretty much, or maybe even thought about in pretty much 20 years. And it was like the bandaid was ripped off and it was like, whew, and the anxiety kind of flooded in. And I was like, did I do everything I could have? Was I, you know, like what's going to happen in my life next? And, and it just, it came so quick. So there are definitely times in our lives where there are some intense anxiety situations. I would say, um, it's exciting to graduate from high school, but man, there's some anxiety that come with, comes with that. And um, it's exciting to go to college, but there's some anxiety when we go from college into the workforce or whatever it may be, the, the real world, whatever you want to call it. And there's some anxiety when you get married or when you are going to have your first child. And I remember, I remember that moment too. Like when my boy was going to be born, my first child's a boy and first of seven, soon to be eight children. (laughs) Crazy how time flies. Uh, I remember like he's going to be born and we're like going to the hospital. I'm thinking, Oh crap, how am I going to teach? I got to like help this kid grow up. I've got to teach him, you know, to, to, to do what's right. And to have morals and all these, and it kind of came flooding in and the anxiety set in. Now, is that logical? I, I, I was seriously thinking of like college. How am I going to get this kid ready for college? He's not even born yet. It, anxiety is almost never logical. It, it's almost always a story we're making up in our minds. And when it comes to dogs, it's the same situation. For them, they've made up this story of a perceived thing or maybe they've had a bad experience in the past, uh, or we just, just don't know how to move forward, and so there is some anxiety. Now, anxiety is a normal part of life. Like It's, it's not like we, we use that word. It doesn't mean bad, bad, bad. Anxiety is a normal, natural thing. 
Um, especially when it comes, when we boil it down and it comes to survival as a species or as an animal, anxiety is there for a reason, right? It's to keep us alive. It's our brain saying, hey, there could be, I don't know what to do in this situation and I need to kick into overdrive um, and, and do something about it. Now, if that was all healthy, that would be great. But a lot of times our brain and our bodies are tricked into this anxious state and it's not based on any sort of logic, um, especially in our world today. I mean, we don't, we don't really have to, uh, in most situations, we don't have to survive and run from, from enemies on a daily basis and make sure that those things happen. So, but, but for a dog, Oh, you know, dogs are going to do what works. And one of the things I love about dogs is that they are survivors. They, they find a way. Now we don't want them to have to go through horrible situations or in life. And especially as puppies and survive that we don't want people to go through that either, but dogs are survivors and they're amazing for that. And I respect them for that. I love them for that. Um, I've, I love that principle of like, Look, I'm going to survive. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to find a way through this and there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And dogs do that. Now, a lot of times we we choose to cast that our own emotions on dogs and we think that maybe they're experiencing anxiety when really they're just doing what a dog does and they'll be fine the next day. But how can we avoid creating anxiety is really what we want to talk about. Separation anxiety isn't, again, as it's not all bad. There's some situations where we want um, a, an animal, a dog, to be really connected to their owner. And I want that with my children too, right? Like I want them to be connected to me. And yet at the same time, if my child comes home from kindergarten and they're like, Dad, it was so hard. The, the teacher made us sit on chairs and we couldn't sit on the floor. And I don't know if I can go back and or whatever the reason is I'm making stuff up, but whatever the reason is, I'm going to tell them I love them and I'm going to send them back the next day. Um, That anxiety is going to be a little more intense at first. When you go into a new job, there's going to be more anxiety. When you go into a new class, there's going to be more anxiety. When you're in a new group, there's going to be some anxiety and it's going to be a little bit unsure until we kind of figure out how the whole thing works and how we fit in to the situation. So it's a normal part of life, okay? Uh, These puppies that are coming to you when they first come, they just left mom and all their litter mates, and that was their whole world. That's pretty much what they knew. In most situations, they knew they had siblings, they could romp around, and they can play, and they can do this, and they can do that. Uh, and, and mom was always going to be there. And in their world, that was never going to change. Now, dogs definitely develop faster than humans. So it's not like we, they're just little babies or anything. But they, they, their world is totally different. And they've got to generalize and realize that, okay, now, and most dogs will, now the group I'm with, okay, so these are my litter mates. These are my people. And uh, that can be good and that can be bad. That may be a podcast for another day but they just left mom and litter mates and some are more prone to separation anxiety than others so you know some are going to be more nervous and some are going to be like no big deal I'm good with this I am so tough and so amazing and 
I'm good, let's go. And either way, there's not a right or wrong there. It's just that they're going to experience a change in life. Now, the healthy, the unhealthy kind, that's that's going to happen, right? It's part of life. But there is an unhealthy separation anxiety that we want to address um, where we can't function. You know, like where that puppy is in the kennel and they're just whining and they're just like, I don't know what to do and I could be stuck forever and I miss my my mom and my litter mates and and they're never coming back and it's I don't know what to you know and you you have to kind of say hey uh, you know or or even as they get connected to you uh which they'll they'll do that dog is crying under the bathroom door because you want to take a moment and separate yourself and go to the bathroom you want a little privacy from your dog right and so if that dog's crying under the bathroom door because you're in the other room and they can't function that's an unhealthy sort of separation anxiety and we want to have a we want to have a healthy level of attachment and so the way to avoid separation anxiety here's a secret it's it's not the human way the human way if 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 my child is experiencing anxiety i'm i'm going to you know i'm going to love them i'm going to snuggle with them and i'm going to talk them through it and and help them work through that and use as much logic as they can understand for their stage in life and help them work through it and, and say, okay, I can take a deep breath, I can have some courage, and I can go forward. And I, I can become stronger because of it. That's what we want, right? We want our children to be attached to us, but ultimately we want them to move out. <laughs> now with our dogs, we don't ever want them to necessarily move out, uh, but we do want them to have a healthy level, uh, you know, a healthy level and ability to be able to say, in their mind, you know what, no one's here right now, and I'm okay, I'll just relax. Instead of that adrenaline getting all pumped up, and they're saying, ah, what if they never come back? What if I'm gone forever? So if we do that with our dogs, same thing we do with our kids, if they're stressed out, and we say, hey, I'll calm you down, will it work? Absolutely, it will work. However, that will be the direction, the path you have to take every time it happens, because you're reinforcing an unhealthy sort of anxiety. And so when we want we want a dog to do something, we reinforce it. Touch, um, praise, reward. And so if a dog is in this unhealthy state, like, let's use the example again, crying under the bathroom door, you know, like, where are you? You're lost forever. Then we don't want to reward it by opening the door and by saying, oh, did you miss me? Oh, yeah. Because you're just going to encourage that state now that might sound kind of harsh at first but it doesn't have to last forever we just want them to build the foundation on a way where they can have that healthy separation and they can be calm i mean if you look at it the other way let's imagine oh man i I just want my dog to always be happy and i want to love him and i feel bad for him and and then you're gone what state of mind have you left them in if if there's an unhealthy connection they are going to suffer because we're not willing at first to help them learn what that healthy separation looks like. And so sometimes that comes to uh, with puppies. A lot of times we can, it can be a little clap and we can start to help them work through it or, you know, just an opening of a door and saying no and closing a door so that they can work through that. And there's, there's lots of ways that you can it, it, to visualize that. If you're looking at the how, the how we'll talk about more next time. But to avoid it, we don't want to reward that unhealthy state of mind. 
I've talked with people that we've worked with their older dog and they are, they just struggle and, and they are a mess and they can't be without their owner and their owner's like, I haven't, we haven't left in, you know, I can't leave this dog alone for more than an hour or they, they harm themselves. They harm the house. They, they, they struggle. They poop all over the place because they are scared to death that they are never returning. It's an unhealthy form of separation anxiety. And so the, the things that they did to encourage that, well, when their dog was a puppy and they were whining, they, they put that, uh, they, they had that dog sleep in their bed. Or they put the kennel right next to their bed and they reached through and they, they stroked their fur. They did use a kennel, but they kept it right by their bed and they, they touched their fur and, and helped them calm down. See, you're making it so that they can never do it on their own. And that's the goal that we want. We want our dogs to be able to be on their own and also be attached to us. And you can have it both ways if you start out right. The other things you can do to avoid separation anxiety, number one, if you didn't catch on, use a kennel. Put that kennel in a low traffic area. We don't, we don't really prefer a no traffic area, although that would be better perhaps than a super high traffic area. Um, and yet super high traffic area can work for some dogs. But we like a low traffic area where there are people kind of in and out, but not necessarily addressing the dog. And we like to teach a dog to have impulse control, to wait at the door of the kennel. So from a, for a puppy stand on, they're going to wait for, at the door of the kennel. They're going to wait for food. They're going to start to work for that and find a way. We're giving them skills that they can work for and they can say, I can figure this out instead of maybe I'm just never going to have anything. So it's an abundance mindset instead of a starvation mindset. And we want to help them figure out those boundaries so that they can have a structure. Anytime I go into a new situation with a dog, they're going to have more boundaries and then I can lighten up those boundaries. Less freedom until they can earn it. And freedom earned is freedom loved. And it's freedom that equals those healthy boundaries. I love this quote by Henry Cloud. He wrote, uh, boundaries are basically about providing structure. And structure is essential in building anything that thrives. I'll say it again because it's so good. Boundaries are basically about providing structure and structure is essential in building anything that thrives. We want our dogs to thrive. And so we want them to go into this, you know, any situation and not need us. You know, they don't need us to, to survive. We want them to just be part and be a team with us. And so we can teach dogs to start to adapt to new situations as puppies and we can use reinforcement, we can use food for those things, but we're not going to make it always be about tons of touch and tons of talk. We're going to make it be about, you know, good, you played the game, you got the reward done. And that puppy kind of learning how to play. And then of course, there's always time that we can love them and we can pet them and we can, but in situations that are stressful, we're going to work really hard not to reinforce that stressful state of mind. We're going to say, in this stressful state of mind, you're not going to get a lot from me. I'm not going to give you a lot of feedback. I'm not going to give you a lot of food. I'm not, I'm not going to give you a lot of touch or a lot of talk. I'm not going to you know, sit there and say, this is stressful. We're going to work through it. It's just going to be like, this is how it is. Deal with it. And you know, the crazy thing is puppies and dogs are so good. If we'll let them like be a dog, they're so good at dealing with it. 
and they can go through this process and you can start to catch the vision where they're like, okay, this is a scary situation. I'll look up to you. What do I do? You're calm. I'm calm. I'll go back and I'll fall back on my training. I'll start doing things like when you ask me to sit, I'm going to do it till you ask me to stop. So these boundaries, anytime you can in, introduce a boundary, um, an implied stay, doing a place command, uh, waiting at the kennel, waiting for food, all of those things are going to help a dog to use those skills in a new situation. When we go into a high stress situation where a dog may not want to be separated from us, and for a dog that could be going uh, to uh, going going to a big box store for the first time, there's going to be anxiety there. That's normal. That's natural. What we don't want is the dog to 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 freak out and be like, "I've got to do something about this situation," whether that's run or um, be an aggressor or be super scared of life. We want a dog to say, "I have some skills," and we're going to use them. And that's what we do. So when a dog is stressed, we go back to those skills and we start doing downs and healing um, and a focused heal and helping a puppy even start to learn to work their way through it. With food to avoid separation anxiety, I'm not going to actually, you know, induce a separation anxiety or an anxiety. How would you say that? An anxiety situation? an anxious situation. See, I can speak English. We're not going to induce that and be around it and expect that. Young puppies, of course, like you might be touching them a lot while they're eating. That's young puppies. As they get a little older, we want them to go away from the anxious situation to us, and then they get a reward. Now, that doesn't have to be a ton of touch and a ton of talk, uh, but something, right? And those dogs can start to learn. I'm not going to have everybody, they're, they're anxious, I'm not going to have everybody around touch them. That was that will make things worse. That's going to make them more anxious and reinforce that anxious state. I've heard in the past about other situations, nightmare situations where a dog was nervous and feeling anxious. And so a lot of people, when that happens, they want to pick their dog up, their puppy up. Well, that's a lot of touch and a lot of protection in a situation that doesn't warrant the protection. Now, of course, if your dog's like going to be attacked, pick them up for heaven's sakes. Yeah, if you can, pick them up. But if a puppy is in a scary situation in their mind and you, we say, oh, you feel sad and we pick them up, that's going to make it so they're like, ooh, okay, when I'm anxious, this is what I do. I, I freak out and then I'm going to get held and I'm going to feel good because it does feel good. We want a dog to be able to say, I'm scared. What do I do? Well, I, I'm they're not scared, but maybe they're dumb. I don't know. Maybe that person doesn't know. And they're, I'm nervous about this. And they figure out an acceptable option like laying down, relaxing. And we're just going to help them take that chemical response and learn to control it. That's ultimately everything we want to have happen with our puppies. We want them to learn boundaries so that they can learn to work in our world without this big, big, scary world, maybe to them at first, without them feeling like uh, they have to have us around. We want to be around. We just don't want to be an essential part of their world. So boundaries are basically about providing structure and structure is essential in building anything that thrives. That can definitely apply to all of our lives and definitely applies to our dog's lives. So you avoid separation anxiety by actually creating more structure 
less touch, less talk, less reward in stressful situations. Uh, that's that's the being the leader and the parent in the situation to help them learn and grow and ultimately thrive. I hope your puppy thrives. Do what it takes to avoid separation anxiety and we'll come back in the next podcast on how to fix it if you've already entered into that world and maybe messed up a little bit, how to fix it and help your dog really start to thrive. All right, we'll talk to you guys later.